0: Welcome, my name is Michael Ascetta. I'm the founder of Matador Canine Brilliance and author of the Dog Training Cheat Codes. You're listening to the Acknowledged Dogs podcast. I want to tell you a quick little story. When I was in college, I had my dog with me 9% of the time. We were constantly training, we were constantly working on things, and yes, I had to go to the cafeteria, I had to go to classes, I had to go to club meeting with my dog that came with me and one of the greatest things that I'm gonna talk about in today's episode is exactly what I did to get rid of all like the anxious stress and oh my God, my dogs are gonna do something or they're gonna pick something up or you know they're gonna jump up on the counter and steal all the food while I'm having lunch with friends. That is insanely stressful not only for you but for your dog, and if you've done any amount of training. Someone probably told you, okay, you're going to keep your entire focus and your attention on your dog the entire time and you're just going to reward them heavily. Just keep giving them treats for staying in that position. That is insanely stressful. You don't even get to sit and enjoy your lunch because you're thinking about your dog 100%. That is not the goal of the training that I do. I like to think that I have the most effective training on the planet. And it's because I intentionally think about being effective. I think about the situations I was in and the tools I wish I had when I started training my dog. So I'm gonna go over a couple of things today that you can use if your dog is one, stealing food, or having things off the floor, and just being all over the place when you really just need them to settle and relax and and lay in one spot. The first thing you have to consider, first thing you have to consider whenever you wanna teach your dog how to behave, be a well-trained individual, is management. I talk about it time and time again, but it's all management. If you broke your leg, if you broke your leg, shattered in half, you would not go right back to doing whatever you were doing. You'd have to put a cast on. You would have to use crutches. You couldn't, you couldn't be running the next day. You could barely be walking, let alone standing. So why do we expect our dog to learn something in five minutes and immediately start implementing what they were previously doing wrong into their daily life. It would make no sense. So the first thing you have to do is manage as much as you can of their situation, of their life as an individual and in a big picture, grand scheme of things, right? So when I had my dog with me in college, he was attached to my hip. I didn't just hold the leash. No, he was literally tied to my belt so that everywhere I went, He was glued to my side, and I could practice all the time. That was kind of the point of having my dog with me and training and doing all of those types of things. But I needed to have my dog directly next to me so we could work on stuff. And this is how it should be for you, especially if you got a puppy or a dog that seriously needs some work. They should not have free roam of the house to do their own thing. You wouldn't have free roam of your leg if you broke it. You would be forced to have a structured, Cast on your leg to increase the likelihood of success, right? If your leg's all janked and crooked, you wouldn't just go, okay, we're just kind of wait and see what happens. No, no, no. You've got to straighten it out. You got to make sure that it's perfect. And that's what management does with your dog. We don't leave anything to chance. I'm not going to put turkey on the counter and leave the room with my dog in there. No, my dog's going to come with me. I'm going to put them in another room and put them in the crate. Or I'm not going to leave the turkey on the counter. See how that works? You have to be hyper-vigilant about everything, super aware of everything. And this is a difficult habit to have. It's insanely difficult for you to have. The reason it's so difficult is because you're rewarded for how your life used to be. There is really no need for you to change. And in most cases, individuals don't change unless there's a very high level of reward involved, or they were punished so dramatically. They may say like, well, yeah, I get punished all the time when I leave my dog to their own devices. I just don't know what to do. That's the other aspect of it. If you are unsure, you will go back to old habits and the same thing happens with your dog. It's interesting how that philosophy works, doesn't it? Right? So if you got heavily reinforced, good. You're going to be motivated to move into action towards whatever got the reward. If you got heavily punished, you're never going to do that thing again. However, if you got rewarded and you got punished, but you don't know what caused it, you can't do it again. So if your dog was perfect all day, didn't have a single problem, you're like, oh my God, my dog's fantastic. But you don't know what caused that, right? You don't remember that you took your dog for a 45-minute walk and then gave them enrichment exercises to mentally tire them out. If you don't know that, you're like, oh, my dog was just perfect today. Must have been a fluke. And you can't repeat it. You can't replicate it. Same thing with punishment. If your dog jumps up onto the counter and eats the Thanksgiving dinner, and you don't know why that happened, and you don't know how to fix it, then the next time you leave something on the counter, your dog's gonna go for it again. Right? You don't know how to stop that punishment from happening. And so some people just give up and then they blame the dog. They say, That's just my dog. My dog is conniving, they're spiteful. It's because I left them in the room alone that they jumped up on the counter and ate the turkey. It's because I didn't feed them at exactly 503 in the evening. It's not that your dog is spiteful. Dogs are very intelligent and very smart, and they know when you're around and when they're, you're not around, but it's simply because the management, the structure was not in place. And maybe it's because you were unsure, you were unaware of what was being reinforced and what was being punished. So let's get concrete on that. Let's get sure on that. Your dog does things that they enjoy doing because it produces reinforcement. They're opportunists. Your dog will avoid things that they don't enjoy doing and that cause punishment, but they need to know what they should be doing. They need to know what they should be doing. So after the management, we move into teaching our dog what we want them to do. You could teach them to relax, you could teach them to settle on a placemat, and you can even teach them that when you sit down, this is what I did with my dog in college, when you sit down, they should automatically relax. It's one of my favorite, favorite exercises to do with your dog. The second you put your butt on that chair, they go, oh, I know what that means, I should lay down and relax. And then you can start rewarding. And if you intentionally teach that, if you intentionally teach that and then go through the process of training, your dog will go, okay, I know exactly what I should be doing for the amount of time around distractions, even at a distance if you're going to send them to place, and we can maintain that behavior for a very long period of time. If you want to learn the system that I use to teach all of those behaviors, head over to matadorcanine.com slash matadoruniversity. matadorcanine.com slash matadoruniversity. I lay out the entire training process for you. The entire training process for you on how to teach those skills in more depth so you can actually have success with them. But after the management, Right? Let's say, right, you broke your leg. We'll go back to that now. Do you broke your leg? You got a cast on it. You don't go back to running. You don't go back to walking. You go to physical therapy. That's the teaching aspect. You go to physical therapy and you learn how to move those muscles again. Get the range of motion back. I broke my elbow when I was younger and I still get this weird clicking when I do push-ups. It's gotten better over time, but there's always going to be that weird, that weird little thing. And in some cases, there's management that will always happen. There's management that will always happen. You'll just get into the habit of not leaving food on the counter because once in a blue moon, when your dog jumps up and gets the food, they go, awesome. All I got to do is wait six months and then I can get the food off the counter. I just got to keep trying every day and six months will eventually come. That's not what we want. We want the opposite. We want them to be so dedicated to relaxing and laying down and being calm. We want them so dedicated to that that they'll be rewarded at random intervals, and they never think about jumping on the counter. They never think about begging for food. They know that in the position they are in, whether it's on a place, whether it's on a mat, whether they're relaxing next to you, that is where they should exist. That is where they should exist. Now, everyone on board is the only way to do this. What I mean by everyone on board is if in your family In your family, you are the one training, and your husband or your wife is not, or your kids aren't, or your grandparents aren't, or whoever is involved with the dog is not doing the training, you will not see the same success, simply because of what I mentioned a little while ago. If once in a blue moon they get rewarded, and it's easier for them to do the old habit that they know how to do, they're going to continuously do that. Behavior. Think about any time you've tried to develop a habit. Anytime, right? I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to start going to the gym more. This is exactly what happens in the beginning of the year after New Year's resolutions. Oh, I got my New Year's resolution. I'm going to get fit. I'm going to, I'm going to train for a marathon. You do two weeks. You were really solid. You were good. And then what happens? You resort back to the old habit because it's easier. Why is it so easy? Our brain will wire and make those connections, and they become solid over a very long period of time. They become solid, and it becomes easier for you to jump back to that habit. Developing a new habit, whether it's in yourself or your dog, requires time. It requires patience. It requires a high rate of reinforcement and a very long reinforcement history. That means you have to be rewarded constantly over and over and over again, and then we have to expand on that and get rewarded at random intervals. That's how we basically get addicted to doing behaviors that no longer serve us. Like I love donuts, I love donuts. In fact, I just had some glazed donuts yesterday. I love donuts. Now I love donuts because they're delicious. They make me feel good for a moment. But if I have four donuts, and yes, I I, I eat about four donuts. If I have four donuts at the end, I no longer want the donuts. Because I don't feel well. So I got punished by the end of it. But I still got rewarded during the moment of eating the donuts. That happens constantly. And that's what's going to happen with your dog if they beg and steal food. They're going to get the food and feel good for a moment and go, great, I got my food. And then they'll feel punished afterwards because you're mad at them. Am I going to stop eating donuts? No. Right? I'm not going to stop eating my donuts because of how rewarding it is in that moment. And that's exactly what's going to happen to your dog. You don't necessarily want to say, hey, you know, I'm mad at you now because you stole the turkey. They don't care. I promise you, although they look like they care, they feel punished in that moment. They are not being punished for the action they did. They're being punished for you walking in the room and seeing them. This is what creates really sneaky dogs. They steal food and then they're out. We don't want dogs that are sneaky. We want dogs that trust us and engage with us. And if they did find something they're not supposed to have, they can bring it to us. I'd much rather have a dog bring me something, as odd as it may be, a box, a screwdriver, a water bottle, whatever it is, I want them to bring it to me instead of having them run away. I just did an episode about that the other day. So the bottom line, bottom line, if your dog is stealing food or they're begging for food, The first thing you need to do is manage them. If you sit down at the dining room table and you don't want your dog near you, put them in another room, put them in their crate, teach them a place command so that they can see and hang out with you, but they're not directly underneath your feet or teach your dog to lay next to you without jumping up and trying to steal food. If you sit on the couch and watch TV for dinner, it's a great opportunity. Have your dog sit on the couch with you. If they get up, you'd remove them from the couch. There still can be positive and punishment there. I'm rewarding you for hanging out on the couch with me. I'm going to give you a couple treats. Maybe I'll even slide you some of my dinner, depending on what you're eating. You can reward them with that. You just want to reward the right thing. And then if they get up or they get too close and they want your food still, you can punish them. They lose access to the couch. They don't get to hang out in the environment with you. They don't get the rewards anymore. This does not mean yell at them. And it does not mean let them have a treat and then get mad at them. That's exactly the opposite of what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you want to control everything in their universe. They should just exist where they are. The second they stop doing what you wanted them to do, we have to reset. You have to reset. So management, teach them what you want them to do. And then, and only then, you can start to extrapolate on all of it. And make it insanely powerful through reward schedules which you talk about all the time so if you want your dog to stop doing those things you have to teach them what you do want them to do don't leave them in confusion don't leave them in uncertainty again if you are struggling with how to do that you know you're supposed to and you're struggling with how matadorcanine.com matador university matadorcanine.com matador university that's what you need to go check out to learn the system the skills in the order that they need to be taught to have a really powerful dog. Thank you guys for listening. Tune in next time, follow us on social media, and I'll see you later.